Welcome to the Catholic Leaders Podcast, where we talk with inspirational leaders and explore how faith informs leadership. I'm Carrie Robinson, a member of the board of Leadership Roundtable. And I'm Kim Smolik, an executive partner at Leadership Roundtable. Leadership Roundtable is a ministry of hope for the church, founded to promote best practices in leadership and management. We're so excited to have you join us today. So click the subscribe button and let's get started. Welcome back to the Catholic Leaders Podcast. Carrie, how exciting is this? We are concluding our very first season of the podcast. It has been so much fun to co-host this with you over the course of this year. We have had such tremendously inspiring leaders featured. How blessed are we? We really have. And I'm so grateful to each and every one of them for giving us their time, their presence, their brilliance, their humor. Each of them offered us something really unique. One that particularly continues to sit with me is Sister Terry Maya, because she was on sabbatical while she we recorded the episode, which is just really relatable for me at this time, having recently taken six weeks off to walk the community Santiago, a sort of mini sabbatical. I just really appreciate that there are parts of our church that recognize and honor the importance of sabbatical, of quiet, of slowing down, of taking away time from our demands of life to be reflective, to spend time with God, to rest. And I felt that Sister Terry, that just the quality of her presence, her insightfulness, her ability to bring us to tears multiple times in the episode, just gives witness to the long, first, the long journey she has of cultivating this, this inner life, but how that inner life and her exterior life match so beautifully and really presented themselves during this time of sabbatical. So I just really appreciated that episode. I'm still reflecting on it. It was wonderful. I was thinking of all of our guests and how unwittingly there were some common themes that emerged. One in particular was genuinely a focus on learning to live and lead synodally, accompanying and encountering others listening, deep listening. I loved the emphasis on asking the question, who is not here who should have a a seat at the table? Who is being excluded that we preferentially need to include? The emphasis on women and young adults in leadership in the church. All of that was so striking to me that as varied and diverse as our leaders were, These were some common themes that gave me great nourishment. I couldn't agree more, and I'm so grateful that we've been able to highlight the themes of the Synod with our guests without even planning it that way, and that we as a church somehow are are together listening, and I think the presence and the listening to the Holy Spirit is really showing itself, or at least that's what I choose to hear. So today we have, we're switching it up, uh, which is really fun. It's for our final episode. We don't have a guest today. We are closing the season with just the two of us, which is really fun. 
so much has happened this year in both of our lives, and particularly you taking on this new incredible role as the president and CEO of Catholic Charities. And it, for me, what stands out in 2023, which I keep talking about and will probably continue to talk about, is the opportunity I had to walk the Camino de Santiago. So we're going to dig into that a little bit today. Wonderful. Looking forward to it. Maybe the biggest news for both of us this year was you moving on from Leadership Roundtable to take on this position at Catholic Charities. I was so sad to see you go, of course, but absolutely filled with so much joy seeing you walk into a position that uses all of your gifts, Carrie. And I think we'd all love to hear a little bit about what this transition's been like, particularly if you could talk a little bit about your discernment process and how you came to know that after 18 years at Leadership Roundtable that you invested so deeply in that you knew this was the right move for you and where God was leading you. This has, without a doubt, been an enormous transition in my life. I, as you know, absolutely love Leadership Roundtable. I have been with Leadership Roundtable since it was a gleam in Jeff Boise's imagination and have cared so deeply for its health and flourishing. It is a ministry so consequential to the health and vitality and integrity of the church. But I always wanted to leave it without any ripple. In other words, I think part of really good leadership, even when you are absolutely radically committed to a particular mission, to a particular set of people, to a particular organization, picturing the moment when you do leave and preparing for that moment so that you can leave without anyone noticing. And I'm not saying that because where's my big goodbye party? <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> I'm saying that genuinely as if you care for something, you entrust it to your partners and to future leaders. And I think that the partnership model that was put in place at Leadership Roundtable absolutely perfectly lent itself to that. So again, Leadership Roundtable is emulating what we have always advocated. Now, in terms of my own step into this role at Catholic Charities USA, it was hugely daunting. It is, it's a massive undertaking with multiple constituencies, all of whom I care about. And I had a lot to learn very quickly. But looking back over these first three months since I have been here, it is as though every single thing in my entire life has prepared me for this moment and this role. And I'm so profoundly grateful for that because it was an enormous leap into the unknown especially leaping away from a very happy, secure life that I wouldn't have changed a thing about it. So it took an, an enormous sense of courage, truly, to heed the voice of discernment, of mature, deep spiritual discernment, and 
to accept the invitation and see it in the context of vocation. I wish everyone could see, we're on Zoom right now, um, looking at each other, and I wish everyone could see my face because I'm just beaming with a huge smile on my face because I know all of what you share to be just so true and so true to who you are and in so much alignment with who you are. And that is how we know deeply that we've made the right move and that it's the place that God has called us to. It, It really brings us all so much joy, Carrie. Well, I so appreciate that, and I so appreciate your own accompaniment and friendship and colleagueship in all of this. My husband, Michael Capello, is fond of telling young adults, don't worry if it all seems chaotic at this point in your career. It only needs to make sense looking backwards. And I thought that is such great advice. And maybe there are listeners of our podcast who are tuned in because they want to learn about faith and leadership, and they are hoping to glean gems of inspiration to apply to their own leadership and their own lives of faith. I think for most of us, it does seem chaotic, all of these disparate things that we have committed to, or jobs that we have had, or people that we have met. But when you are able to look backwards, you see a coherence to it all. And that is how you know that you have lived vocationally. So beautiful. And really, in our next season, we need to bring Michael onto the podcast. (laughs) That would be fun. Yes. Yes. Very, very humorous episode. Well, Kim, let me turn things to you because you have just returned from this extraordinary experience over many weeks walking the Camino. Kim, I know that these themes of discernment are uppermost in your mind and heart too because the epitome of that experience is walking the Camino. Can you tell us how that experience over those weeks that you recently undertook illuminated the the beauty the struggle and the wisdom of discernment I'd love to talk about anything about the Camino, but I starting just on the decision to walk the Camino. I think a lot of people ask, why did you decide to walk the Camino? And I think this is relevant to discernment in that I just think it's important first to recognize one's own natural inclinations. And so I have a natural inclination toward pilgrimage and this one in particular. One is that I actually walked it in 2016 after I ended my eight years at Franciscan Mission Service, which was just a job, a vocation really, that I loved so deeply, but I knew it was time for me to go. And then I took the position at Leadership Roundtable. And in order to just really honor and put ritual around the end of my time at Franciscan Mission Service, I chose to walk the Camino. So we already knew sort of part of what it offered, what it offered me in 2016 as a place of reflection. And and I was feeling a call to enter into a time of reflection for a variety of reasons. One, I was celebrating a really big birthday, and that sort of new chapter in life is an opportunity for us to take time for reflection. I also was completing seven 
years of service at Leadership Roundtable, and seven in our in our faith is a sacred number. It's a number around where many people engage in sabbatical and at least in the university systems. And it was just, again, a moment of reflection for me. So one that I already knew that the Camino could offer that. And also Carrie, as you know, I have been this lifelong walker. I developed my love of walking when I was a kid going on hikes in northern Minnesota in the woods and then around many of the lakes in Minnesota. And this has just stayed with me as a mainstay in my spiritual practices ever since. So that was one of the inclinations toward walking the Camino. Another is that I... I love Spain. I mean, I just love Spain. I've spent a lot of time there in my life. And I lived many years in various Latin American countries. And so I always appreciate the opportunity to be in a place and a space where I can speak Spanish and not just tienda Spanish, but engage in longer conversations. So that just opens up something in me when I get to speak Spanish and a different way of relating and thinking. So all of this, I think, relates to discernment because I felt this call toward reflection and I chose to do it in a way and in a place that feels nourishing to me. And so my discernment to go on the Camino, all of those pieces came together and there was just a big yes in my heart toward this decision. And then the other pieces were just you and the other partners and the members of Leadership Roundtable staff supporting me so lovingly to take this six weeks off, which is pretty unusual. That alignment and that sort of support really affirmed that this was the right choice and the right time. Well, it was just so evident how aligned everything in you, artistically, creatively, spiritually, lent itself to this particular moment. And we are reaping the benefits of, of you returning so full of that experience and those deep truths that you rediscovered on the Camino. It really was such a gift, such a blessing. Carrie, as we were preparing for this podcast, we were thinking about some overlapping themes between our two experiences, your transition to Catholic Charities and then this recent Camino. And one of the themes that came up was indeed transitions. Carrie, just as you have personally are going through a transition, your team is also going through a transition. And as a leader, as the leader of this organization, your role calls you to both care for your own transition, but also care for the transition that your team is going through. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how you've been approaching supporting your team and yourself during this transition. That's wonderful, Kim. Such a good question. As many know, I succeeded Sister Donna Markham, a transformational leader who allowed me to inherit such a great mission, such a well-run organization, and such a phenomenal, phenomenally talented, phenomenally dedicated national staff. But I was new to all of them, and they were new to me. And not only are we all still emerging from this worldwide pandemic, they had been anticipating their new leader for more than a year. 
So there was a certain amount of care intuitively that I believed I should particularly demonstrate in, in this new relationship. So one of the things that I initiated with the blessing of, of my core leadership team was to bring the entire staff together every two weeks for one hour. So we would call an all staff meeting and I said, I am new here. I want to learn as much as I can. I want to listen deeply. So let's have these all staff meetings rotate by department and each department when it is their turn can give in whatever manner they want a quick overview of what they do and who they are. Well, this has been spectacularly beneficial to all. Everyone has shown their great creativity. It has been first and foremost deeply informative, but there is a human side to it too. And so we are all getting to know each other in different and unique ways. So in addition to learning about the functional aspects of the departments and the particulars of any one person's job responsibilities, we are seeing how all the pieces fit together and there is a lot of joy. So I'm really pleased by this and how, how it is helping to foster a culture of collaboration, mutual appreciation, gratitude, and knowledge. Carrie, I love it. And I know that you started this off by modeling for everyone and telling them about yourself, a little bit about your life personally, professionally, and then allowing people to ask questions of you, which I just think is such an example of vulnerability that's absolutely essential to transformative, trustworthy leadership. And I just love that you started that way. Yeah, it, it did require a certain amount of vulnerability because, of course, I invited any and all questions. I was relieved when one of the questions was as simple as, can you tell us more about your dog, Clementine? <laughs> <laughs> There's always a lot of dog lovers on staff. <laughs> but, but those questions were also revealing to me. And I want it to start off as transparently as I possibly could. And truly, these first three months have just been such a profound blessing to me. People out there who know about the work of Catholic Charities across this country should know the depth of maturity and the reservoir of compassion and the intelligence and innovation that Catholic Charities employees bring to this work every single day. It makes me so proud to be Catholic, and their work in our country makes me proud to be an American. I love hearing that, Carrie. You know that my first job in our in the Catholic world was with Catholic Charities in Minneapolis and St. Paul, and it remains one of a very, very special place to me. So I, I just love hearing how much you're enjoying it. Well, I've spoken about my own transition from Leadership Roundtable to Catholic Charities, but the Camino lends itself to lessons in transition and transformation. 
and you are especially eloquent on these points, Kim. Can you tell our listeners some, like just a few nuggets of inspiration that you learned? Carrie, I always like to under promise and over deliver. So don't say I'm eloquent. <laughs> <I'll start there. laughs> well, I realized, I think many people listening know about the Camino de Santiago, but let me just set up a little backdrop first, which is the Camino is over a thousand, like 1200 years old in its history. And pilgrims have been walking it since yeah, since the late Middle Ages, which is absolutely phenomenal to be a part of a tradition where you know that people have been walking this exact path with spiritual focus for so long. So that was just an incredible support to me along the way. And I think that speaks something to the people who come before us and what they can provide to us. It's also can be various lengths. So some people start in Paris or somewhere in Germany. Many, many people start in a town just on the east of the Pyrenees in France, in Saint-Jean, uh, and cross the Pyrenees and walk what's known as the Camino de Frances. And there are, again, multiple paths, but that's the path in this case that I walked. And so I started in France, and I walked uh, about 500 miles, a little bit more, because then I walked all the way to the ocean and along the ocean. So actually, it was around 600 miles that I had the opportunity to spend walking in nature, walking along other pilgrims, spending time alone, spending time visiting the many churches that are all throughout Spain. So that's just, I just want to share that backdrop. And there are so many leadership lessons, I would say, uh, in the context of this podcast, sort of putting it in the leadership context, so many lessons that can be lended to leaders from the Camino. So one that comes to mind as I share about the 600 miles along the way, you're carrying a backpack with everything that you need for that journey. So what you put in your pack is of particular importance that you spend time thinking about what you're going to carry because it is going to be on your back. And so I would say there's sort of a responsibility for what you choose to put in your backpack. Uh, you need to choose wisely. You have limited space. So what you carry, you're both responsible for, but also should serve your needs. And if you take on more than you should, you can, it can cause injury, it can cause weariness, it can kind of just burden you, right? If you do that, it can really affect the journey. Sometimes you also, along the way, I, I had it happen where we helped carry some things for another pilgrim, just to kind of extend this metaphor. And if you choose to carry some of someone else's items, the metaphor to me is rather straightforward. As leaders, we need to be conscious of what responsibilities we take on. Do they serve us? Do they serve others? Both. Neither. We just think we should do them. Are we doing it to be a martyr? With what spirit are we doing this? Are we taking on these responsibilities? Those are some, sort of some of the questions I think that came up for me on this metaphor of carrying my pack, that we have as leaders the tendency to take on too much, thinking we have to do it. But in reality, we can become burdened and also in our then attitude, burden others. Another, and I'll just share one other, I have 
like a list of like 15 of these <laughs> lessons. But one of the other lessons I learned aligns with the, one of these lessons I learned long ago that comes from this book, The Four Agreements. If you've never read it, I highly recommend it. It's a wonderful little read with huge impact. And the one of the four agreements is that in under any circumstance, always do your best, but no more and no less. And keep in mind, and I love this part of it so much, keep in mind that your best is never going to be the same from one moment to the next. So I experienced days or hours where I felt really slow and lethargic and other times when I had big bursts of energy to keep going and going long distances. And some days I couldn't carry my pack because I've had this old neck injury from a car accident and it was really causing it to flare up. And so that was really hard for me at first because I had been training for this and getting, you know, wanting to really wanting to just have this feeling of carrying this pack the whole time. And when I wasn't able to, I, I know that my ego was hit. I felt disappointed in myself, but I realized that this carrying this and carrying this pain was really dampening my spirits and not allowing me to be present and simply enjoy being on this incredible journey. And so I think as leaders, we need to be aware of our own bandwidth and it has it ebbs and flows, but especially we get to, we get to be aware and be gracious with others and believing that they're always showing up to do their best with what they have at that time. And what that looks like is going to change day to day. And that we are human beings, uh, not machines. And that that variety and that range that we offer is really kind of the beauty that we bring to the work that we do. Oh, Kim, I am so thankful that we have season two coming up next year in 2024, because I want you to walk us through every one of these beautiful insights that came to you on the Camino. I, it, what a privilege to hear this. What a privilege for our listeners. This has been so much fun and such a heartwarming conversation. This has been so fun, Carrie. I would love to end the season by asking you the question that we have asked our guests at the conclusion of each of our podcasts, which is, what is one action that if we all did it tomorrow, it would help build a stronger, more vibrant church? Oh, well, the, the first thing that comes to mind is we should all listen to the Catholic Leaders Podcast. <laughs> Shameless, Carrie, shameless. <laughs> uh, honestly, though, I have thought about that. It's a tough question. But I think what I want to say today is the one thing we could all do is to presume goodness in one another. Because that will let us enter more deeply and sympathetically into really hearing each other's stories. And that is where the common humanity lies. Carrie, that's the perfect end to this season of listening to the stories of eight incredible guests. And I can't wait for next year where we get to engage in more of these conversations with friends, leaders, and colleagues. 
Carrie, I just want to wish you many Advent blessings and time with your family and to all of our guests as well. And thank you so much for joining us this season. And we look forward to seeing you next year. Beautifully said. Merry Christmas, Kim. Merry Christmas. It is always a joy to host the Catholic Leaders Podcast. A special thank you to our terrific colleagues who make this podcast possible, to our eloquent and inspiring guests, and to you, our deeply appreciated listeners. We're especially grateful for the production support of Jenna McAndrew, Leslie Rodriguez, and Kate Alexander. Original theme music by Rachel Taylor, and as always, the generous sponsors of Leadership Roundtable. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.